Welcome to She Been Ready, the podcast. She Been Ready is a conversation, a declaration, and a clarification that Black women have always led. On this podcast, I, Dr. Wendy Williams, educator, psychologist, leader, and auntie, will be joined by Black women who lead and those who have been led well by them. So, you don't have to get ready when you stay ready, and you can trust in the leadership of a Black woman because she's been ready. It's spring, y'all. Welcome back to She Been Ready, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Wendy Williams. It's episode five, and it's time for us to get physical. I'm quite pleased to have Ify Obi, founder and owner of The Fit In Brooklyn, join me today. The Fit In is described as a wellness suite that provides a boutique fitness experience and thoughtfully developed wellness programming to be a truly inclusive space. The Root Online magazine rightly states that the Fit In is diversifying fitness in gentrified Brooklyn, with locations in Bedside, Brooklyn, on familiar haunts like Malcolm X Boulevard, Marcus Garvey, and Halsey. If he began making the yoga, Pilates, and core building fitness and wellness practices enjoyed by a white wellness industrial complex available to the historically black Bedford Stuyvesant community. It's in color, just as the community was changing or becoming aggressively gentrified. Her work and movement has been featured in outlets such as Good Morning America, The Fitbit Blog, Health, Refinery29, Forbes Magazine, BET.com, and even on Beyonce's webpage, to name a few. It's kind of how you know you made it. <laughs> Listen to this amazing conversation about wellness, fitness, health, and leadership, and how, at least for Ify, and I agree with her, designing spaces from the inclusion perspective of Black women may be just one, one way um, and what is needed for everyone to feel welcome. You can learn more about Ify's work and follow her on Instagram at Ify underscore O, that's at I-F-E underscore and visit The Fit In online at thefitinbedsty.com. But for now, let's get physical with Ify Obi. All right. So welcome back to Sheep and Ready, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Wendy Williams, and I'm very, very, very excited to have our next guest, Ify, not Ife, Ify Obi. <laughs> Is that correct? Obi? Yes, that's correct. Yes. yes. All right. So um, we're just going to get right inside of our questions and start chatting with you. All right. So yes. one of the first questions that we have asked every guest that come on you know, the show is what was the work that you were doing or engaged in when you realized that you've been ready to lead? How old were you? What stage of life were you in? And it really is interesting because folks have answered that question from like, I have never been, I'm still not ready to, I knew what yeah. I knew to the world. What's your story? So for me, I, I fell into it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was working in marketing um, for years since I was okay. in my late teens, to be honest. Um, when I went to my second high school, uh, that mm-hmm. school was focused on doing internships for credits um, okay. because it was it was what like your parents are called like a 600 school or, you know, like it was an alternative school. So okay. um, when you got um, 
kicked out of one of the main like public schools. Okay. These were alternatives um, to getting your high school diploma. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the school called City After School. Um, most Def went there. Whoopi Goldberg went there. Basquiat went there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm so an I educator and I was, I, I have now many more questions that I did not pre-write for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get it. I, I love to explain that journey just uh-huh. because, you know, I think when people look at the kids that go to that school, mm-hmm. um, they, they, you know, they don't really see them as, I guess, um, solid like contributors to society they've already mm-hmm. written them off that's right? right and that's so right. I like to really explain it from that sense like mm-hmm. starting from there because it mm-hmm. really that was the biggest thing to put me on this path that I'm on now going to that school okay. and I credit them um to this day I have friends who were I went to my original high school with that are educators there mm-hmm. right and so I actually still work with that that school um now um, today because I just feel like I owe that. If you, so our circles are actually probably overlapping even more because I've done, yeah. I know the people who run that school and I know folks who teach in that school. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So let's, can we, uh, bring, usually yeah. I don't go we've off already, road as soon. We've already ventured off. <laughs> Tell, you know, what is it about being a young person who is told that you have done or are some way or have done something in this school environment and need to go to this other school um, mm-hmm. that actually can be the start of identifying your voice and your leadership. It set me on this path of independence. Yeah. At the same time that I switched schools, because I went, I went to Brooklyn Tech since, you know, the schools here, I went to Brooklyn mm-hmm. Tech, which is the specialized school here. Mm-hmm. Um, very stern, mm-hmm. very, you know, focused. Mm-hmm. engineering right it used yes. to be an all-boys school that put people on a track for pretty much stem yeah. um learning um and i just didn't learn that like rote learning and kind of sitting and mm-hmm. you know just being told things for eight nine hours in a day mm-hmm. i just I, it just wasn't interesting me mm-hmm. it, it, interesting to me like nothing mm-hmm. really kind of pulled me in Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just didn't go, you know, I'm like, why <laughs> my friends are hanging out. I don't care. You know, yeah, yeah. but you know, so my dad being Nigerian, Nigerians uh-huh. know mm. there's no fooling around with education, right? right? You do not mess with your education and great. they will disown. If you are on the path to become a doctor, a lawyer, or like an accountant, they will just, that's it. You're right. out of the family, you know, especially, mm-hmm. you know, my dad's very old school, right? Yes, yes. And so I was the third of the youngest of three. Um, And Mm -hmm. I just, you know, just saw the world differently. You know, I just wanted Mm -hmm. to kind of live my life and figure things out. Um, And, but me getting kicked out of this prestigious specialized school Mm -hmm. was kind of the final straw for my parents. Okay. And so they were like, okay, you're not going to be going to school, then you're not going to be living in this house, right? Oh. And so I actually started to live on my own at that. How old were you? 17. Okay. 17. Uh Yeah. And so... um, And can I ask you, I'm sorry, just one other, when was this? Oh, this was, I'm I'm almost 40 now. So this was Ah, many, many moons ago. (laughs) Well, I'm a little over 40. So I'm like, oh, that wasn't so far ago. Oh, but for me, I'm like, it was, oh, it was yesterday, it was yesterday. 
so you, you know that ago. was but i just you know i so my brain is like you know what's the cost of living in new york like how does this young person live on her own like she has some gusto she has yeah, some stuff so in her that's just hmm it, it, it was you know I, you know i think i had the mentality of i started working when i was 14 Okay. Right. Got my working papers and I just want to make money to be able to have a bit more of that independence. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was already making a good amount of money, you know, working in fast food first. Uh -huh. And then come 16, I was working at retail okay. um, and I was working at um, Century 21, the one that was at the World Trade Center. So I, I was remember. there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I stayed there. I stayed there for a bit. And there they were just like, you want to work as many hours as you want? Go ahead. So I was just like, yeah, I was working basically overtime, but. You know, back then things were a little bit funny, you know, with that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you're not necessarily. And it's New York. Pay, but you can collect. Exactly. New York know? operates so, very okay. different. I mean, it's a city of immigrants. So it's just like, if you want to yes. work hard, we will work you hard. Like if we go will, do it. We There's will a, take yeah. it. Exactly. There's a free willing exactly. around that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was making a good amount of money. And I see. so, I see. Um, yeah. So when I got kicked out of my house, um, I found, but you know, I didn't rent an apartment. I found a room. In someone else's apartment that okay. I rented. And it was pretty cheap. That was actually my first. I lived in Bedside, but on um, so right now we are on kind of the true where the Stuyvesant Heights right mm -hmm. side of Bedside, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. I was was literally across Atlantic Avenue. I know where that on, was. Mm -hmm. Right, right there. Is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that time it wasn't as sharply gentrified so there's this way in which you At can all. sort of be by yeah. the liwr get on both trains exactly. on either side AC or two three four uh-huh i yeah i wanted to stay along the a like that was i was from stay ACR, the Euclid, uh -huh. Euclid avenue mm -hmm. and i'm like that's my comfort zone that mm -hmm. train gets you to everywhere you need to go or it will connect you you know to some place i'm like this is going to be the easiest thing for me i still have that mentality i'm like and you're still not line. far from home so even though nope. you're this young woman who launched herself if your people if needed I to get need to you to. they would and right they could exactly. get to you and you, and you they then. knew exactly where i was of course exactly. they did because exactly. it's not that stern thing but you're still theirs I'm exactly. Yeah, so I, I remember. So, mm -hmm. so I left Century 21 to start mm -hmm. working at this place, Paragon Force, which is still there. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. And my mom, I remember my mom coming to come. My mother's American. She's from the South. Okay. But my dad, very old school values, mm -hmm. right? She is the keeper of the family, the yeah. nurturer. And she's so like, you're going to be on that A-line, Iffy. Listen, <laughs> you ain't, I mean, I know I heard what he said. And he, right. get on that A-line. Yeah, she, you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like, exactly. That. So mm -hmm. she's like, I'm going to come and check in on you. And so mm -hmm. she'd come to my job and like, you know, just come and, and talk to me and stuff. So, you know, she kept a little, you know, a little, she kept you. little leash. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not too long of a leash. She's like, I'm going to see you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just make sure that you're okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, you got it. You have to figure this out, you know? Okay. And so that's essentially how it's able to really like survive at that time. But then at the same time, I also mm -hmm. realized that not going to school is not an option because that wasn't necessarily what I wanted the outcome to be. Like I still wanted to get my diploma, but I didn't want to just do it at this school, but I didn't really understand what I wanted. Like I knew I wanted a diploma, mm -hmm. but I didn't like the way I was being educated and I didn't understand how to bridge that, right? Like I knew I needed a diploma and I needed to get to college in order to mm -hmm. advance myself, but I just couldn't figure out the, a path that would just keep me interested and engaged, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I honestly forget how I was presented to the other school. I think I just did my research okay. um, on like 
school options. Mm-hmm. Um, because my option, when I got kicked out of Brooklyn Tech, they said, you got to go to your zone school. Home school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my home school, I had two. One was uh, Jefferson Paris. High School. Mm-hmm. No, so I was in East New York at the time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So okay. one was Jefferson High School and the other mm-hmm. one was Franklin K. Lang, right? Okay. And yeah. both of them had like some of the worst records, mm-hmm. um, a huge amount of crime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, and I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a bad kid in that way. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, active in like fighting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'll be terrorized in in those schools. This is not, those are not my people. That is not my place. Those are not, yeah. No, that's Uh not my place. So I can't, those can't be, like, those can't be options for me. So I need Mm -hmm. to find an alternative. And I think that's what led me down the the path of of searching. Mm -hmm. Um, And City as a School came up. I remember, you know, you know, just walking in and kind of like asking questions. Mm -hmm. Um, They told me what they needed, you know, they needed to get my transcript and all of that stuff. So I worked with Brooklyn Tech to pass over my transcript. Um, My father hated that I was going there. He Mm. told my sister, like I was going to school for dummies. Um, Like, yeah, it was, it's a Nigerian, they're a lot. Um, (laughs) Very intense. (laughs) And, um, and so I navigated that all on my own, right? Yeah, yeah. And so my my first internship with them, um, or one of my first, it might not have been my, my very first semester, but okay. definitely first or second, mm-hmm. was with this company called um, The Fader Magazine slash Cornerstone Promotions. Okay. So they're Cornerstone Promotions, a marketing company that worked in music. And they helped with marketing talent for the record labels. Mm -hmm. Back when MTV TRL was a big thing, Mm -hmm. they had this team that they called the farm team that will go out um, and hand out flyers and kind of guerrilla marketing style things um, Mm. um, during kind of the, when people were standing, remember with TRL, people would stand outside and kind of like wave Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, So so you'd be out there with the crowd giving them stuff. Yeah. Well, that's that's what they ran and that's what they they did, right? But they also started to launch their magazine called The Fader, right? Okay. Which now I think people in music, they know The Fader. Like The Fader is, is a huge brand okay. in music um, now. Um, but back then that was issue number, they had just launched issue number one and they were getting ready for issue number two. Okay. Now I think they're in issue number 100 and something. Because remember, yeah. this is, you know, over Years two ago. decades ago at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but inside I saw all these people that looked like me. Mm. right in offices and mm. doing something that they loved working in music mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but they're not singers they're not rappers they're not mm-hmm. it's exposed me to this whole different world mm-hmm. and that they are the machine they're the engine behind mm-hmm. how these artists actually become popular okay. and so I got to learn that and speaking mm-hmm. to them they're like well I went to I went to school like I went to college mm-hmm. I you know did all of that and so at the same time, I'm learning from them and I'm taking in all of this information. Uh-huh. I'm able to get these school credits because I'm working with them. So the way City has worked, you know, let's say you need a math credit based off of your transcript. Mm-hmm. Then you might work at an accounting firm, mm-hmm. right? And kind mm-hmm. of like learn their world or, you know, even like a marketing firm or art, right? So mm-hmm. like that was one thing I needed. So it's like, okay, you're going to go and work in this music company, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that exposure mm-hmm. just ex- Exposed me to a whole other world. Yes. I'm like, whoa, because I'm not a singer. I love music, yeah. but 
what are the opportunities in music? We don't, when we're, you know, young, we don't get exposed, especially in our neighborhood, we don't get exposed to any of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What we, it's very limited. We don't see the behind the scenes. We don't see all the different roles that mm-hmm. are possible for us. Mm-hmm. We just think athlete, you know, singer, you know, like we don't understand that there's all these different areas mm-hmm. that we can mm-hmm. actually dive into and mm-hmm. be successful mm-hmm. at it. So I'm seeing these people being successful and they looked more like me, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so, so I got to just learn so much about it. And so I stuck with them for a couple of internships. I only did about a year. I only needed about a year in mm-hmm. that school. Cause you were um, 17. You're I was, almost done. Yeah, yeah. I was already, yeah, I was supposed to be a junior, right. Uh-huh. At that uh-huh. time. Um, so I was already almost done. Mm-hmm. So when I, so what was great about that is that I learned immediately what I wanted to do. I'm like, this, this is it. This is what mm-hmm. I want to do. Of course, there's nuances in marketing, right. To understand mm-hmm. where I was. So I thought I wanted to do the art and the design. So I went uh-huh. to uh-huh. city tech, one of the CUNY schools, Okay. Okay. went to city tech to do ad design. So I learned Photoshop, Illustrator and all those things. So I did that, um, got my two-year degree in that, in, in honor, with honors. Of but course. I realized that that wasn't, I wasn't as good as some of the other people that were going through the program. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, but what I couldn't execute my vision mm. as much as I, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so at the same time, I started interning at um, this old school streetwear brand called Triple Five Soul because I love them. I just cold reached out to them, emailed them saying, hey, I'm just starting college and I want to just keep interning places and you know, I want to intern with like, you know, design, cause I was doing design. I want to intern with your graphic design mm-hmm, mm-hmm. team and you're in your marketing uh, group. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we don't have, we don't Enter do design program. in-house. Yeah, yeah. We have, well, no, well, we don't do design in-house or oh, okay, we have okay. to hire an agency, but oh. you can see how we work with them in okay. order for them to kind of execute what we need. And you can also work with our PR person, right? Okay. And so that exposed me to this second, this other world within that of just like, mm. oh, I can just tell people what I what I need and then <laughs> they go and design it, right? Uh-huh. It doesn't need to be me coming up with the concept and executing it, right? Mm. And so that's where I realized I'm better at the vision. I'm mm-hmm. better at the strategy, right? And then so from there, I, graduated, I went to FIT. Okay. Um, to, to do um, advertising and marketing communications mm-hmm. um, and finish my degree. So I got my bachelor's from, from there, um, okay. um, cum laude. So it's still, it's like, I mean, I it's went, so interesting that you keep dropping <laughs> these. I was smart in that space <laughs> situation. I, I succeeded. In yes, that. you I, did. I succeeded yes. in those environments, right? That's right. That's right. These are two, tech, these are two technical schools. Even though Brooklyn yeah. Tech is a technical it. school, but it, it focuses on STEM. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas that's not where I want. That's up. not where I yeah. wanted to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Once I went to these schools and I got to focus on design and I got to focus on a bit more creative. It's like, oh, that's where I thought. Mm. Going back, taking a pause there in Brooklyn Tech, the one uh, class I was successful in was okay. technical drawing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, technical I'm an drawing. artist, everybody. <laughs> Please see that I am an artist, that you were just. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only class I would go to for two reasons. Um, Mm. I didn't, I didn't, and I did enjoy it once I was there um, because it was a bit of, remember it's technical drawing, it's not super creative, but it's like solving a problem, right? Um, With with your art, but also that, that teacher Mm. would find me in the hallway and just drag me in the class. Ah. Like he took an interest. 
in, in me succeeding. Right. Mm-hmm. And that goes to, you know, cause that will then, you know, to come back in my, in my future yeah. story, but it, it goes to show you when you genuinely pull people in and mm-hmm. show them that you care mm-hmm. about their success, they will, they, they, sometimes they need that right. In order yeah. for them to thrive, they need to know that somebody is, somebody mm-hmm. cares. You know, my parents didn't care. Well, my mom tried, you know, she tried right. to care, but my dad will only let her care so much. Right. Mm-hmm. But having that person mm-hmm. that was just like, I actually see potential yeah. in you. I That's see right. what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes to show it, 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 it means a lot. You it know, does. it, it, it helps motivate people to see that in themselves. Yeah. So, you know, like, and that was just a little break also right, from right. like c- kind of going into, to my, my college time. And so, you know, I was able to graduate from mm-hmm. FIT and then, mm-hmm. you know, just launch immediately into music marketing. Okay. Like I, I kind of like knew, okay, this is going to be the strategy. I'm going to reach out to places that I, I love, like, you know, industries that I love companies that I love mm-hmm, and see if mm-hmm. they just have any types of openings that I might be able to get into, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that opened the door. I, I met with, um, uh, I started working for this rapper called Talib Kweli. Um, and stop. <laughs> yeah. No, just, just, no, we're not going to be doing that today. Let me just say this. <laughs> you work with Tilly Queen. Not everybody knows. Well, I do. Him, so no, you do. Yes. <laughs> no. Okay. So we're yes. not going to just let you do that. <laughs> so I worked with me. It was him, but it was, so it's a record label created by him and his manager, Corey Smith. And I do have to credit Corey Smith was the brains, like, Tyler yeah. was the creative, he was the artist, mm-hmm. but Corey Smith was the brains behind the label, right? Okay. And so okay. I mainly work with Corey, um, who I still am connected with to this day. I do credit him for giving me our first job out of college, oh, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then even at the same time, slightly before that, sorry, backtracking, I kind of bounced around a little bit. When I was finishing at FIT, I went back to intern at Cornerstone promotion Mm -hmm. and then work with their farm team so i kind of went like after high school circled back back, yeah um to them when they had grown bigger i had those relationships so i i grew they grew bigger um Mm. and so i was able to see them and their growth and their expansion and then with you but then yeah and then with me then with me exactly and so uh uh-huh well i just you know you're sharing with me like this trajectory and like, yeah. I know that I got like, and Whoa. I promise I will get to the, Oh to no, the no, we're fine. You don't have to, you don't have to. Um, yes. this is a black woman's podcast is what I often tell black women who are professional and who are used to being told to stay in line. And I, we are circular speakers and we just, we'll do what we want to yes. do here. So that's not what I'm saying, but I, I am really that. curious about and, and perhaps you're on your way there because I'm hearing your business model and, I, and I'm kind of skipping ahead and around too. In mm-hmm. your experience, it's almost as if you started form that you formulated your business around what you needed as a young person, thinking about mm-hmm. what people need when they're engaging in this fitness journey. Does that? Yep. Okay. That's one. That's 100%. That's, okay. It. That's 100%. Okay. It. Um, 
understanding what it takes, not even just in fitness, in anything, like understanding mm-hmm. what it takes to to make us feel comfortable and make us engage, mm-hmm. right? And wellness just happens to be a thing that I felt that that like an industry in general where that mm-hmm. wasn't happening, like health yes. and wellness in general, where yes. that just je- wasn't happening for us. Mm-hmm. And I needed to hop in and take all these things that I learned on my own personal journey mm-hmm. and apply it into the health and wellness space, right? Into something that I love, right? Yeah. Like yeah. like going back to finding that thing that I love and how can I kind of like just grow and really thrive mm-hmm. in this and help other people, you know, mm-hmm. thrive. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so after working for, for Corey and, and Kwa, um, I lived about a year. This rapper named Philip Kwale. I just can't. You know, you may or may not know him. <laughs> because, you know, because he was still considered like indie backpacker. And, you know, I, I know, feel like but now, now today I know him. Drama. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I feel like now he has, he's surrounded by drama. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But, but then it was, it was just it was such different. a great, mm-hmm. it was different. It was such yeah. a great time. Um, also they had the backing of Warner brothers. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, proper, proper kind of label. Actually, we were small. It was only five of us, you know, working on this. Um, mm-hmm. and I started as an intern, but then it happened to be that they let go of the, um, this is an interesting story. They let go of the receptionist because okay. um, she just wasn't receptionist. Doing, she was a receptionist slash, slash Corey's assistant. And she just wasn't fulfilling the needs the role, yeah. and so yeah the role and so they got rid of her and said you can do it I'm like why don't mm-hmm. you hop into that role so that's why that was my very first official job mm-hmm. um but then um I sucked at it too but I had other <laughs> qualities that were- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be bad at things I don't like right I don't I don't I don't know how to manage grown people's schedules you know like I'm just like what so what I would do it's <laughs> like you're horrible at this he, I'd send him his schedule in the daytime and that was it. I would have never talked about the schedule again. See, so he, he's like, I missed my meeting. I'm like, well, I sent you your schedule this morning. Yeah. And he's like, oh my okay. God. <laughs> this is, but yeah, <laughs> what I was good at, which is what he allowed me to do yeah. was I wanted to practice my like pitch. You know, I learned all this like press uh-huh. release stuff and pitching and all this stuff in college. So I said, let me practice that. So, you know, I'd reach out to like a kid robot and I'd say like, hey, you know, we have this artist you know, this is a quality. This is all his background. You know, you do toys like they tend to do collaborations. I was like, we'd mm-hmm. love to set up a meeting and they mm-hmm. reach back out like, hey, let's like set something up. So that's mm-hmm. the stuff that he loved. He mm-hmm. loved the way that I did outreach. He loved the way that I wrote press releases for mm-hmm. all the releases that we were doing because they never had that before. Yeah. Um, so he did like that. Yeah, he was like, maybe I can keep track of myself and we can get this skill set that we didn't realize we needed in the office yeah, so by he having brought back, him. Yes, exactly. He, he, he had advanced his old assistant um, to doing other things. Mm-hmm. So he just had her come back and do that. And do the schedule, and yeah. You do the schedule, just to add the schedule to her list of things. And I was focused on um, kind of the bit of artist management, but also like helping him do yeah. this outreach and which brand. generates also, the business exactly yeah, you know which is much more valuable yes yeah. and so yeah. ultimately there were things i really he was he was also a little plug we did the um this warning me about just after plug. me <laughs> this was just this was just before i came on so i only okay. got to have fun with the um once we started working on the soundtrack of it but mm-hmm. he Corey did the music for the Chappelle show 
he was the music supervisor. So he brought on all the artists. That's why Quan, Mostaf, and like all those with the roots and uh, uh, like that's why he, those he were, that, that was his relationship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so um, Corey has this whole Rolodex of mm-hmm. people that he knows. And mm-hmm. I said, you know what we can do with this Rolodex that you have? Let's like make this massive, like just build con- these connections. So I can make these connections and you have this Rolodex. Let's make it so that we're we're linking these artists with these with these companies we're linking mm-hmm. these artists with pepsi we're linking them with and we are the connectors yes. and this is where we're going to take the business this is how mm-hmm. we're going to grow that vision and you know and he mm-hmm. got excited about it we started talking to all different types of people just trying to get it going but then talks about it slowed down mm-hmm. and for me being so young, I'm ready to go. I was like 22, mm-hmm. 23 at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm like, what's the next thing? Let's like keep advancing. Like this mm-hmm. artist management, we were still very indie. I'm like, this yeah. isn't really like growing and growing any going mm-hmm. anywhere. Um, and so I think just Corey and I were on different timelines, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so um, because he's there now with his artists now, they're doing a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think just at the time I was a little bit too I was mm-hmm. in, too into the future. I was thinking too mm-hmm. far ahead. You're an Afro And so I said, listen, <laughs> listen, when I see it, when I see like- it, I'm, I, I feel like I, I have a, I have a knack for seeing mm-hmm. where things are going, seeing where the trend is going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just takes time for people to kind of get there, Catch up you know, you. even when it comes to this business, even when it comes to this, we were the first in Bedside to do this, you know, I we're know. the first in a, in, in a lot of black communities. Like you can't go to Inglewood, you can't go to you know, uh, well, you can go to Detroit because I know the girl who's open in Detroit, but you can't a lot of different areas where there's our communities and see us, right? See see us doing wellness mm. in, in our communities, you know? Like mm-hmm. people keep asking me because they're moving to other places. They're like, I'm moving here. Like, is there mm-hmm. like a fit in there? It's okay. like, no, Let's talk about fit in because it. right now I have other questions, but I feel like we yes. need to introduce the audience to yes. where this vision Who took I am. you. So yeah. you're iffy. You created yes. the fit in. And on Google, yes. Google mm-hmm. tells me that it is a black woman owned boutique fitness brand with three studios mm-hmm. in the heart of Brooklyn, offering Pilates, reformer, reformer, bar, mm-hmm. strength classes and more. So mm-hmm. why the name? Why the fit in? Why is it called that? So I wanted a place where everybody felt like they fit in. Um, right. And so that's, 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 that's the name, honestly, you know, because we, there's so many times we go to places where we just feel like the odd person out or we're treated that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so this is a place, this is a community, right. Mm-hmm. Where, mm-hmm. cause the fit in is not just a location, right? It's mm. a community. So yeah. wherever we go, it's the fit in, right? Mm. And so mm-hmm. I want them to feel when they come into this community like it's that they fit know. right in. That's mm-hmm. right. Exactly. Well, it's interesting what you're saying about people that you know, clients, I'm assuming, but other folks are maybe connecting with you who are saying, mm-hmm. I live in Inglewood. I live in this, you know, this community, this community sounds like predominantly yeah. Black. And yes that they don't see themselves. They don't see black people engaging in fitness spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, when that does come, it's not them. So there's yeah. almost like this gentrifier, you know, wellness is seen as a gentrifier, right? Because I yeah. know like I lived in bed I also live in Oakland, California now. Mm-hmm. And we know that a community is gentrifying and it feels quite violent when it happens, when we mm-hmm. see uh, folks jogging and walking their dogs. And so that that is also like wellness as gentrifier. Right. But you putting the fit in 
and your spaces are beautiful. Be- you. They really are like they make you they, they just feel very seamless and calm and serene and clean that those are things that calm me down. It's like there's no. Yeah, problem. I love this. But exactly. For folks to walk by and see that incredibly beautiful space and there is not a white woman, very thin stretching in there um, yeah. as the owner. That's a different yeah. feeling that so that fit in piece, that's a, a an initial marker of that. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. up top. Yep. Right up top. Yep. It's I mean, it's it's I remember seeing um, when we first started, mm-hmm. um, we first and we had our social media going uh-huh. Um we posted a video of just people working out. Um, you could, I was videoing, even though I was instructing, so you couldn't see me. You just saw a class, and it was, it was, it was like a mixed class. But at the time, we were very much, you know, um, very much more predominantly black. Most classes, okay. right? Okay. Um, and and so, was that on purpose that people not see you, or is that just a function of how you all were recording at the time? Just, just how we all were recording okay, at the okay, time. Okay. Um, just because the, the spaces are small, and it's just like, okay, I want to capture the class, and mm-hmm. I'm busy teaching, so they're only going to see, you know, who's in front of me uh-huh, as opposed uh-huh. to who's behind the camera, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we posted a, a video of that, and someone commented. I think they were tagging a friend that lived in the neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. They might not have lived in the neighborhood, and they said, "Oh, you know, so and so. It looks like the white folks have made it to your neighborhood." Ooh. So see how strong that is. Okay. Okay. But then a few moments later, that was deleted, right? The comment was not by me, but it seemed like by the person who posted it. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, But I think it's because maybe the person knew who we were, which is like, actually, that's a black person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it takes when people see wellness, they automatically think mm-hmm. there's a white person behind mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in our neighborhood, because at the time, we had a couple of Black yoga studios. I yeah. think one, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and yoga, I think, was the only one I that I remember. I heard that one. Time. I never attended yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It used to be right across the street um, from us. Okay. And then um, she opened another location on No Stream, but during COVID, they had to close the one across the street. Yeah. And then there was another place called Namaste, which is white-owned. Um, that people mm-hmm. loved, right? And that was on not too far from from where we were. Um, and then, other than that, there was you know mm-hmm. big box gyms like Planet Fitness and mm-hmm. and and those guys on Fulton. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't anything, you know, focusing on strength building or anything mm-hmm. like that. Focusing mm-hmm. on Pilates, these are modalities that I knew and I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, we opened up in the neighborhoods just to provide access, right? Mm-hmm, for us, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And it was important for them to be able to see me, right? Mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. the person who brought this to them mm-hmm. because I'm from the neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know I had lived it and before I even opened the fitter, I had already lived in that particular neighborhood where I live now mm-hmm. for about 10 years, I nine, see. 10 years, right? I so I knew the neighborhood already. Um, so then to be able to bring this business, right, mm-hmm. that helped people in the neighborhood get well. Mm-hmm. Um, and even from our marketing, because now I have all this marketing knowledge, you know, at the time I was 10, 12 years into, 10 or 12 years into um, mm. into a, a video game marketing, because after okay. I left music, you went I went to off games. to video games. Okay. Yeah. Um, just to work on bigger budgets, but it gave me an in-depth knowledge on, on how to create ads and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. the ads we, we ran 
focused on the on the neighborhood. It was a mm-hmm. picture of me in Utica Avenue Tree. I said, if if I wanted to go to a business, right, mm-hmm. that's in the neighborhood, what would I want to see that would draw me in? Okay. And you know, Brooklyn, we have a pride, but definitely Bed-Stuy folks, oh, we have girl. this pride about it, yes. right? About yes. our neighborhood. Yes, So I still have it and I moved. Listen, <laughs> I know I was born in Southern California and people will be like, where are you from? I was like, I'm from, I'm from, you know, California. I said, but I'm, I'm a New Yorker. Right. And they're like, exactly. but you live in, I was like, I know I, but I told you who I was. I told you what it is. I'm from Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you like, you can, anywhere you go, it's like, where are you from Brooklyn? Like mm-hmm. we just have this energy and this, that is this an like steak attitude about us when you ask us where we're from, but we're going to own it. There's like yeah, a pride yeah. that we just There's have, pride. right? Right. And so I said with this ad, what is this ad going to be? And I said, it's, it's not even, it's not going to be anything about weights or anything mm-hmm. or, you know, losing weight or anything like that. It's going to be me with my gym bag mm. in Utica Avenue train station. So uh-huh. you clearly see this Utica Avenue mm-hmm. and that's it with my big hair and talking about, you know, making sure that you are healthy enough to be able to chase after your toddlers and, you know, carry groceries and things that's like right. that. That's so right. that was the ad. Cause I wanted nothing to do with body or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Strength. That ad just took off. Yeah. It just took off. And people were coming in in droves after yeah, seeing that yeah. ad. And you saw people like, that's my train station. That's what yes, I Yes. I mean, you know? when you said Utica Ave, I'm literally looking at that black square with the white writing, that particular yes. subway station font, yes. the yellow pillar. I'm like, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, you I know, know exactly it. Like, what you're saying. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. Like, it's like I could be selling cardboard and people be like, I'm going to show up because they're my neighborhood and they're represent. That's you know? really true. Like, That's really yeah. true. And those roots like run deep. Support. That's right. You're That's support, right. right. Absolutely. And so that that ad for us kind of really, really took off and and mm. brought people in and it gave them something different because mm-hmm. I felt like people I always trace this back. And this is, again, going back to my history of mm-hmm. how how what are my feelings, right? How do I feel in certain spaces? How do I feel about certain things? And if I feel this way, I can't be the only one, right? So let's see how this is. So for me, (coughs) yoga was not something I was able to really, have ever been really been able to really deeply connect with or attach to. Um, And that's just me personally. Mm -hmm. And so I said, my modalities that I want to focus on here are going to be strength modalities, but also we have a number of yoga studios. So if people are already doing yoga, let they, they yeah. can they have a place that they can mm-hmm. go already right and plus the place is right across the street from us so i'm like i don't want to be in competition either because i want to make sure business and business we're working together right? right i'm not trying to pull people from from her right mm-hmm. and so i said we're never going to have i committed to never having yoga at the studio we have it now because both those businesses i talked about closed so now there's no yoga options in the area yeah. so we have it now but to start, I said, we're going to focus on just strictly strength-based modalities. Um, and so we brought strength training and we brought Pilates mat. Okay. And people, I mean, they loved it. They loved it. It was, uh, for many, their first introduction to Pilates. Mm-hmm. They might have done some form of strength training before with dumbbells and things like that. Mm-hmm. But Pilates is definitely the new addition. Um, and mm-hmm. people started to really embrace it and really, mm-hmm. really understand it. And it wasn't just this white modality because mm-hmm. that's what I think everybody thinks, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it still is like, to be honest, mm-hmm. it still is a very white well, modality. Well, because it's cost it, prohibitive. 
It's cost and where it's located. It has yes, not been exactly. available. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, your your studios are right mm-hmm. smack dab in the middle of a black neighborhood. So one of the things that I recall in living in Bed-Stuy was the kind of fitness desert you could have in that space, yes. you know, yep. and so the options for an wellness early morning class, wellness desert, that's right. Yeah. And so the options for like an early morning class or those things, they were not there. They are now. And so, you know, we both, mm-hmm. we have now I know we have mutual, we, we probably have many, yeah, friends many mutual friends. <laughs> I know we'll talk more about that later, but you know, I know for my sister friend uh, who I learned about your work with her because how strong she was feeling. Yeah. Literally yep. living city life with her son growing up, like it yep. did ha- wreaked havoc on her body. Um, yeah. And so she was feeling strong and vibrant in the middle of a time when everybody was feeling really vulnerable during COVID. Yes. And I was okay. like, I got to meet this iffy woman. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why do you think that we, that that community, that that neighborhood, you know, mm-hmm. needed not just fitness space, because it is the convenience mm-hmm. space that makes it accessible. You know, I'm certain yeah. that you've found the right price points that folks can yeah. access and all that. Mm-hmm. But you describe the work as a boutique fitness space that's grounded mm-hmm. in the lived experiences of Black women. And I feel like there's something, you know, the Kambahi River, Kambahi River Collective um, mm-hmm. statement speaks about we, when black women are free, we are all free. And yeah. there's something about the way that you've structured this business, which is that if we can cater to the lived experiences of black women through boutique fitness, fitness will be accessible to everybody. 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 Tell us about it. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think a, a big part of it, too, is that because when white folks walk into any space, they already feel comfortable because yeah. they're used to feeling comfortable mm-hmm. in spaces right? They're used to being catered to. Whereas for us, especially if you have, you know, either coming from immigrant parents or even Mm -hmm. many of us have family that comes from the South, right? Mm -hmm. And have lived through, you know, segregation, Mm -hmm. Jim Crow and things like that. Mm -hmm. So those values can sometimes be passed down of, you know, make sure that you're not causing too much ruckus, you know, make sure that you are keeping yourself small and, you know, don't, don't cause any problems when you walk mm-hmm. into spaces. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really understanding that and having that direct uh, Relationship. experience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, with that to know like why, you know, place wellness, especially, which is so predominantly white, we could walk into a space and not, you know, if we don't know what we're doing, we don't want to even start and try because we don't want to be a bother, right? Oh and even the emails that we get till this day hmm. uh, of people who are just like, I've never done this before. Like, you know, sh- should I, like, where mm-hmm. should I start? What should I do? I just don't mm-hmm. want to cause any. And it's just like, girl, get in here. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? And the fact that you would say it like that, like, <laughs> I made this yeah. for you. Get up in exactly. here. Exactly. Yes. L- yes. Listen, I said I was at a panel the other day and I mm-hmm. said, I make, we make an extra effort to make sure, particularly black women, but many underrepresented groups and Uh underserved groups, but particularly black women feel comfortable in a space and we are unapologetic about it. So if I'm doing extra to make Mm -hmm. sure that she feels comfortable moving her body and in the space, that's what I'm going to do. And you, everybody has to feel comfortable with that, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, because that's just our business model, right? Because Mm -hmm. these are women and groups and people who have not 
been allowed to be themselves and mm-hmm. not been allowed to explore movement because mm-hmm. there's because of fear, right? Yeah, fear yeah. of being casted out, fear mm-hmm. of being disruptive, fear of you know, causing, causing a problem. Right. Well, And And also don't you think too, because in the fitness space, it's a public community space, but it's Mm -hmm. also performative. And if you don't feel like you're performing correctly, and if you haven't had experience doing that over a period of time, then you're less confident and you're less confident and you feel like a failure. And that doesn't feel good with mirrors everywhere. Feeling like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You you don't feel good about yourself, you know? And so it's very important. So we created a boutique experience and it's like, mo- a lot. what of does that mean it that it's really- boutique? So, so boutique fitness, it's actually the largest growing segment of the fitness okay. industry. Right. Okay. And the reason is re- the reason why they call it boutique is because usually a boutique fitness experience is small. It's right. Mm-hmm. It's not big box gym. So there's big box gym and then it was like boutique fitness, right? Mm-hmm. You can have a boutique gym. That just means it's a smaller size. Okay. Um, okay. You could, but you can also have um, like boutique fitness classes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you in boutique fitness classes, you do you focus on a specific modality in that class. And that's kind of what that's that's it. Like there's not kind of all of this like, you know, here's this random gym equipment or whatever. Mm-hmm. So think of crunch where there's a bunch of gym equipment, yeah, but then yeah. they also have group classes, right? So, so it's so, like so, big box cost, uh, what's that Costco? Costco. Is yeah. like the big gym place big, and yeah. like the fit the in is local, sort of, yeah, this like, yeah, you're like, like your boutique. local grocery. Yeah. 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 The boutique. So that's, yeah. and that just allows people to feel, not feel lost. Mm-hmm. Right. In a space, but people also call us like a bit more semi private because we are even smaller than a lot of boutiques. You know, I've done, I've done a few classes. I told you, cause when I visit yes. our mutual friend, yeah, <laughs> and we're friends. I'm like, she well, we drags gotta, you in. We, like, well, she don't drag me, right? Take me off my schedule. <laughs> she, yeah, we, we're, we're friends because that wouldn't even be possible, right? She was like, "Well, I'll right. be back, or you can come," kind of thing. And yeah. I went because yeah. I was like, you know, it's funny time with her. And yeah, I went to a yoga class this last time mm-hmm. I was visiting in June, and yes, there were just six of us in there, mm-hmm. and it was so much fun and connective. Yep. I felt this depth of community in yes. that space, right? Yeah, and you're able to in that small class size, mm-hmm. you're able to actually speak to the people that you're moving with, right? Mm-hmm. Like this isn't mm-hmm. just a transaction. You're not just walking and getting your class and leaving. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're gonna have a conversation about your weekend, right? We're yeah. gonna have a conversation about what's happening. We're all gonna feel comfortable yelling, you know, like mm-hmm. your friend. She is, she is vocal, and I'm like, listen. You would never know that about her. That's so funny. I love it. I'm going to tease her now. (laughs) But she is just like, yep, I'm a grunt. I'm going to do what I got to do. Yes, yes. And this is my space. I don't have to try to hide how I sound here. Yeah, exactly. My body sounds like this when we are doing this exertion. Exactly, exactly. I was vocal, but I was saying cuss words because I was like, why? (laughs) (laughs) And we encourage it. It's like, if that's how you need to get it out, right? If that's how you need to get through it, go for it, right? Oh my gosh. You know? Okay. Yeah. And and I think that's another reason why we didn't venture into traditional yoga because you went to the beats and yoga class. This is like yes. the movement and strength, like, right? I love the trap music with the movement. I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. But that's so the good. reason why we went that route with the yoga because it had to align with our Pilates and our strength training in the mm-hmm. sense that 
we want people to feel like they can interact mm-hmm. with not just the instructor, but with each other. That's and right. Just make That's it, right. That's you don't right. need to take ourselves too seriously, right? The instructors yeah. will make sure you're safe, but listen, this is, this is family. Yeah, this Let's is talk. family. Let's have a conversation. When and that feels very talking, Brooklyn, actually. Oh, yeah. That feels mm-hmm. very Brooklyn. Definitely. Definitely. So, so that's another thing that really separates us from other yoga studios, other Pilates studios. You go to another Pilates studio, you you know that you gotta <laughs> zip it as you move. Yep, yeah, everything has yeah. to be like you know yeah, yeah. By, by the book. You know, don't you know venture? Don't don't try to disrupt. You know, mm. even do a little. Uh, don't you? Like, you know, yeah. Seemly. You can't do any of that. Whereas here, it's just like. Show up in your, you know, oversized tea and, you know, whatever was clean that morning, just put mm-hmm. it on, get it in the mm-hmm. studio, let's mm-hmm. have a good time. Or you're you can put on your, your Serena outfit better. and we're going to be like, girl, that is bad. Or, yes, exactly. <laughs> or show off if you want, you know what yeah, I mean? So, yeah. like, I'm, I'm definitely, like, one of the instructors that's known to put on a fit. Like, I love, yeah. I love a good The fit in, outfit. that's the other. Exactly. The, 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 <laughs> coming in with a fit because it's fun right yes um, but it's never no one ever feels the need to you know dress up I mean somebody came in when she does soul cycle uh-huh. um also and she does our Pilates stuff mm-hmm. and she came in and we were talking about outfits she's like yeah this bad outfit when I go to soul cycle I'll put on this thing she's like you know I don't do that here just because you know this that's not what this place is about and it's like, I like that she has that mentality of just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this thing is not about, you know, the look of it or whatever, but I'm still like, but I, I still want to see an outfit. If you got an outfit, let's pull it I out. Mean, I mean, <laughs> the puns are just falling all off over the place, fitting in, the fit in and the fit. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I wonder about that when I was in the class that I attended, it was a diverse class in that yeah. there were a few, there was a sprinkling of, of some white people in that space. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, the fit, we've talked about this in roundabout ways, but I want to ask specifically, yeah. you know, yeah. fitness and, and health, those industries have largely been offered through the experience of whiteness whether it's body types and styles, yeah. ideas of what is healthy, what is not healthy and cultural notions of what it means to be sick or well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wonder if you could talk a little bit about something that you said when we met briefly before, which is, yeah. you know, this is a, a, an institution. This is a, a, a business, a focus on fitness that places black women at the center and at the front. You've talked yeah. about, you know, the business choices and and decisions you've made about putting black women, black bodies and black experiences in a historically yet fastly gentrifying community Mm -hmm. at the center and center of it. Talk about that. I mean, I feel like, again, Mm -hmm. we've gotten around it because that is what really intrigues me about you. Um, Yeah. And also Uh that sort of betting on black within the context of a business model feels really important Mm -hmm. to tease up and out. Yes. And I'll say just even speaking on that last last point, Okay. Yeah. And then and then going backwards is sure. that's the big thing that frustrates me. And that's why I stopped doing things like pitch competitions and things like that, because I was tired of hearing that there's no opportunity to scale because we focus on mm. black women and women of color. That was that's the consistent thing that I hear when you speak to VCs and, and they're just like they, they don't see it when mm. we focus on 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 black women. And I'm like, one that's not what this business is about. Our business is about making sure that Black women feel centered and they are able to see themselves as, see themselves in the wellness space, be seen, be heard, and be provided for. 
right? That's always going to be our mission, our business model, and we're not going to waver from that. And we're unapologetic about that. But also, do you see what happens to the hair care industry? Uh, there's so many industries. Like, <laughs> just, like, we bring, like, we spend billions. We work hard and we spend billions. Listen, Even the brokest of us is just like, I got to get my hair done, girl. I got to get my hair done. And so yeah. that's what we're trying to do for wellness, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. so Michelle Obama said, when we make wellness a priority, mm-hmm. we're better able to show up in all areas of this our is, lives. This is correct. Right? This is correct. And so- you see these white women jogging and stuff like that because they are, I'm going to, I'm going to get my wellness in. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it. They have all these, you go to Soho, you go in their neighborhood, Soho, Chelsea, there is studio literally on top of studio on top of, there are buildings with just studios on top of each other. Right. There's mm-hmm. so like flat iron in New York is the mm-hmm. fitness center. Right. Okay. Because there's okay. so many studios. Uh-huh. Then you head out to our neighborhood. Nah, you think... can't find the Anna one. I mean, maybe in Park but... Slope. So park sloping, but that we ain't right, there you gotta go, and, have, and there's another straightaway direct, you know, direct to even get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Williamsburg is a roundabout to even get there. It's That's really the hard to get, to get there. to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So like we, and then, but we have to, people are asking us to travel an hour out of our way to be able to get wellness in when these other folks just got to walk downstairs. And that is exactly what I was saying before about being able to do a morning workout or an even exactly. evening one. You know, like I remember, and I don't have children or family, right? Mm-hmm. So I would have to go to, in order to get to work. And I started work late, right? So mm-hmm. I started work at 10 where most people started like nine, right? Mm-hmm. So I would have to go, I would take an 8.30 class in Flatiron, which means I would have to pack my stuff the night before and in the morning. So leave by 7.30 and don't let that A train be messed up because which... then I missed that, that $40 class, which is very likely, Right. And then I missed that $40, $40 a class, missed that $40 class and can't get my money back because I'm five minutes late. Right. Mm -hmm, So they're mm -hmm. just like, they're not going to let me in. And all these pressures and tensions and the lack of forgiveness. And I don't think people appreciate what it, what it means to live in New York and have to be a vagabond with all that stuff on the side. I mean, it's a lot of, and that's part of what makes our bodies so um, vulnerable to injury when we're not strong because we're carrying babies, strollers, groceries, our duffel bag to go work out if we can even make that happen. And then if we can afford to do it. If we can afford to do that, that's literally what the ad was. Like speaking Mm -hmm. about having to carry all of these things around, having to Mm -hmm. do all of this stuff in Mm -hmm. this very New York City life. Like we Mm -hmm. are beating ourselves up and we aren't able to make wellness a priority because no one's given us the opportunity to mm-hmm. no one thinks that we're important enough to mm-hmm. because you have all these companies all these businesses that are honestly they're using our people right mm-hmm. with many of these studios they're trainers when, you, when it comes to strength training when it comes to Pilates and bar that's different. no I know but I've had many sister training, friends on that early train too to get to go teach their class yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right? right. So they use us at the front. We're never in the executive room, mm-hmm. right? So they use us at the front, right? But they don't want to come to our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They want don't want to make it more affordable for 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 our folks, right? Yeah. Because you know, unfortunately, when it comes to lower incomes, they're largely you know made of black, brown, immigrant yes, folks. Yes. Right. Yes. Like they don't want to make any of those accommodations, right? right? They just want to see that money because they're paying these high rents. I get it, right? Yeah, you chose yeah. to be in Chelsea. So you chose to pay $30,000 a month. 
So you're trying to recover. Like I'm I get that, to right? To be in Chelsea, but that's true. <laughs> they, <laughs> I mean, that's Chelsea. what they do. Yeah, you yeah, chose yeah. Chelsea as your as your as your option, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking, what can I do to make sure I'm always a people over profits person in general, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so for me, I said, how can I make sure my folks have the access that they need, right? That's going to mm-hmm. be by being where they are. Mm-hmm. I want this the same thing that got me getting up and going to these spaces that I enjoy. And I, you know, I, I don't go to them anymore per se, but you know, I enjoy it. And I get that I enjoy them for a long period of time, mm-hmm. but what are those things and how can I take that mm-hmm. and bring that to us? Home. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's location, right. Mm-hmm. Making sure that somebody can just walk up the block if they need to, to be able mm-hmm. to get to that class. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's what, that's what Becky's able to do. Right. So I want to make sure that we're able to do it, too. Right. (laughs) I want to make sure that it's within our budget. Right. Yes. We're balancing a lot like they're able to uh, afford a nanny and all that stuff. They got, you know, we might not have have access to all of We don't have that access. Right. So I want to make sure that it's, it's more within their budget, you know, and I want to make sure that when they get there from top to bottom, they see us. Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was um, I'm a small business still. So it was me as the executive team. Right. Executive team, janitor, everything. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> but and the instructors. Right. Looked like them. They came from the community. Yeah. Right. There were all types of shapes and sizes, ages, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like, whoa, like and then you see people that look like you that are your na- neighbor from up the block. That's right. It's like, oh, I just saw you in, yes. in that It's space actually moving. building more community when you think it's about it. More. The amount of people that did not know each other, but then became mm-hmm. close friends. We have people that became close friends, sharing doctors, fertility things, like go traveling together from mm-hmm. just meeting. In the wellness-centered space. In yes. this wellness-centered space, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It, it just created this sense of, and then over COVID, I mean, forget it. The amount of yeah. people that was just like, you saved me mm-hmm. during COVID, mm-hmm. you know, like you helped me with my mental health more than That's physical right. health. That's even. right. Right. Because you all had like, that outdoor space. And I tried that yep. role thing. I was in so much. Yeah. The battle. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah, you had Denise who does not let up. <laughs> Denise did not let up. I was, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm the negative Nancy here. And Denise, I hate you and I love you. And I need to do this more. And I feel like it's a one off. Listen, you know, you said something interesting about being in that pitch space, which we know you have a long history. You've been doing it since yay high of knowing how to put your business in front of people or put a business, put an interest in front of folks. And that venture capitalist just couldn't see it. And now your work and you have had some pretty high profile features in Forbes. Um, Mm -hmm. I learned uh, as I was doing research, preparing to talk with you about Mm -hmm. um, the association between the Fit app and the Fit In. um, The the Fitbit app, right? And uh so Uh I just wonder, it's kind of like a how you like me now kind of moment, but what has it (laughs) meant for you to lift the profile of Black women's fitness in the mainstream, in those mainstream spaces? I think, you know, and, and they're I mean, and if Kumal D DC, plays in the background for you, like, that's fine. That's it. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, how you like me now? Like, yeah. it, it is, <laughs> it is, it is um, more than anything, it's giving light to what's possible, right? right? When that's you right. just really put 
more of a priority on on black people and black mm-hmm. women, right? Yeah. Like people are able to see, like, you know, I don't, I don't feel, I don't, I shouldn't have a monopoly monopoly on opening black wellness spaces in black neighborhoods, right? Neither like, should Rihanna want, on lingerie and makeup. But if you exactly. neglect a whole market, then you're going to leave all types of money on the table. All types of money on the table from a VC <laughs> perspective, but That's you're right. also leaving so many people, Behind. you know behind mm-hmm. when it comes to something that is so important, you know, like different yeah. as much as I love Riri and I love me some Savage Frenzy, honey. I mean, I'm wearing but as, <laughs> Listen, like, <laughs> I'm like, Rihanna, call on me. Light me up. But, as much but as, as you much love her, though. Us, mm-hmm. I love her, though. You know, it's like, we're talking about health and wellness. Like, we're That's talking right. about keeping people alive, alive mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. why should this be seen as a luxury? Well, it's interesting right? because when you talk about folks, so we all know, well, people who are listening, if you have not lived in Brooklyn and in New York, then you need to know that people could live five minutes from each other and go to the same fitness studio, but live on different blocks and therefore be in different countries. So that's, that's a very exactly. real, that's a very real yes. thing. <laughs> but that, that, that idea too of that, space being the gathering space. And I would say sort of like a Harriet Tubman underground railroad transmission of information around health and wellness. You start talking about sharing information about doctors, who's a good yes. gynecologist, a good obstetrician. You know, when you start sharing that type of information, it's extending beyond, but also is normalized to be talked about in that space because exactly. we are already here getting well. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody, we are seen for so many because, you know, we have an interesting relationship in our communities with doctors, right? With yeah, medical professionals. It's we not do. always a, you know, we, there's uh, not always a trust there. But for mm-hmm. me, so so I'm sometimes, I'm a lot of the time the first line of defense. That's right. right. When it comes to people's health and their questions. Interesting. Right. And so we launched a blog that's mm-hmm. meant to provide health and wellness information okay. that okay. our folks wouldn't otherwise necessarily Access. get, right? Yeah, yeah. Talking about like BMI, for example, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you go to the doctor, they're always just like, okay, what's your height? What's your weight? Okay, here's your BMI. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to put you on all this medication because you're obese. So, you know, whatever it is. And right. it's like really breaking down the history of BMI, yeah, yeah. what that means. And then really understanding like, okay, and what you need to know is that for Black women, the research shows we have more muscle than our white counterparts. So we're going to weigh more, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we're not necessarily, we don't know what our fat, you know, quantity is, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's what we need to figure out versus yeah. just what our weight is. You know right, what I mean? So just right. even diving into that type of I mean, the BMI needs to have a badunkadunk index. I mean, this is crazy. Like that, exactly. right. You know what you I know, mean? So, so like, non-responsive, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so like just even think information, how much protein you need, just a general conversation, mm-hmm. right? That information, you know, maybe you, people might find it on Goop, but we don't listen to that lady, right? We, Gwyneth Paltrow has no relation to me. <laughs> I, I don't look at her for guidance on anything because let me tell you, Gwyneth Paltrow and I have lived very different lives. That's true. She's from a very different, and very different, completely different. That's right. Me. So that's right. I need this. I need information that mm. comes from somebody that looks like me that mm. understands this space. So we mm. provide we talk about protein like we talk about all these things mm. that we wouldn't other, necessarily otherwise get this health and wellness mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's important for us to really like, you know, dispense that in to, to our community. And so we've gathered a number of people who now trust us. Mm-hmm. Right. With mm-hmm. health and wellness information. And so mm-hmm. we want to make sure that they are really educated on it, because mm-hmm. I really do feel like when it comes to health and wellness, 
it's really about education because most people have come in looking to lose weight and our goal has been to change that mentality yeah yeah get strong make sure that you're able to do your activity activities of daily living Mm -hmm. without injury right Mm -hmm. somebody who's pregnant coming in i'm like okay we have to prepare you for pregnancy and post-pregnancy right Mm -hmm. so once you get pregnant you are no longer strong enough for the life you're about to live right now so we now that is deep and important yeah so there a few one of the things I'm really appreciating about, and this is just commentary, it's not really a question, but I just want to name it out loud, is that yeah. two things, your business practices are, you know, they really stand out to me um, because there is a prioritization on people over profit, but yeah. that it is profitable, right? It is, it is profitable. It is yeah. profitable to yeah. focus on people, to really actually yeah. focus on the needs of the people. But the yeah. other thing was that earlier piece that, you know, when you talk about the flat iron and Chelsea and you talked yeah. about this sort of lack of consideration for the economic ecosystem and health of the economic ecosystem around the space and that you purposely mm-hmm. did not do competitive things with the yoga mm-hmm. studio across the street yeah. or the things like that. Like that's a really different framework around economics as well yeah. and think, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like there's some yeah. elements of health and care of not only the business, but the people and the ecosystem, the system around, you know, that the yes. the community is better off if there's more options for whatever yes. things that you're able to offer and they are and vice versa. Yep. So mm-hmm. let's prioritize those speak. That was really powerful to, yeah. me to hear you say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's, you know, one part of one part of that was we all when one of us wins, we all win. Right. Mm-hmm. And so wanting to make sure that and, and mm-hmm. know that there's enough room for all of us, because I think we've also been uh, conditioned to feel mm-hmm. like there can only be one of us. Oh, right. Because the usually there only is, mm-hmm. you know, there mm-hmm. usually only is mm-hmm. when there's that one. They, they have a quota. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's like we already got the only one of us could do good. Know? Only one Oprah, one Obama. Exactly. One, yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah. So there's that scarcity aspect. So as soon yeah. as we see somebody encroaching into the space, it's like, no, 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 no. You, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't do it. And so you know, starting off, that was, that was, you know, my mm-hmm. thinking too, of just like, I don't want anyone to feel as though I'm stepping into their space. Yeah, but for yeah. me, if another black woman opened up a Pilates studio up the block, girl, go for it. There's, there's, you know, how big bedside is, you know, how big Brooklyn, listen, yes, as yes. long as people are getting their access to their wellness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do it. And I'm going to support you in it. That's right? right. And That's so right. it's, it's figuring out how to work with other businesses to to make sure that we are serving the community in the way that we need to serve yeah. serve our community. But like you said, it's it's also thinking about just all those other little things um, mm-hmm. that are not necessarily health related, right? So what uh, one big thing that comes up? Do you have memberships? Do you have unlimited monthlies? Because that's a, a common practice in mm-hmm. most uh, fitness studios. And we don't because I want people to count their money. Mm-hmm. I don't want you paying $200 a month for this unlimited. You don't know how many classes you took. So you don't how, know how much each class costs. So if you miss that class or if you haven't taken enough, you might be paying like $40 a class because you only showed up maybe like four or five times this month, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I want you, if you're going to buy, you're going to buy a class pack or your challenge pack, but you're going to know how much per class. So if you miss that class, if you don't get it done, it's time how much you're going to lose. And I'm not going to lock you into a membership, right? Because maybe next month mm. you might've lost your job or something right. happened. 
So you know what? I have I can't do that anymore. I have to because when you get these memberships, it's like you got a ninety day you know advance. It's about trying to trick you. Cancel it. You know, that there's this it. cat and mouse game yep. that's set up around capitalism that I see yep. that you're saying we're not playing that game. We're not playing the game yeah. of competition. We're not pull out all the competition. And I come from marketing. Yeah. I know yeah. all the different Well, you're, you reverse engineered it though through a black feminist lens. Exactly. So yeah, I know I love that. Yeah. I know I know I come from video, I come from worlds where it's about how much money can we make. Just more, 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 more. Just yeah. more, 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 more. So memberships made sense. And I feel like, but for my folks. Like, I'm going to look out for them and make sure they're good mm. financially, right? Mm-hmm. How are you budgeting for this? I want you mm. to make sure that you can fit this into your budget. So if next month you can only do two classes and you have to do, you know, you're just like, I'm just going to do pay for a single class and you do that for next month. And mm. then when things might fit in a little you. bit more shift for you budget wise, then the following month, you can do a 30 day challenge pack and get like 20 classes in for the month, but you're still able to count and keep track of how many classes that you've used. Right. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that financially, right. You're also looking at, cause financial health is, is health as well. Right. It that's is. part of wellness. Right. It is. And so it that's, is. you know, so those are things that we really, you know, look to do to make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, our folks feel, feel full comfortable moving with us right you know i keep calling up our this this the mutuality and the shared friends that you know have made this possible because it really was why i wanted to meet you it really was i mean the way you changed my sister friend's life is like you i know you get those messages all the time but she's someone who i love and adore like i love and adore her and i support her so much and to hear the ways in which she felt a lightning in her world because of you, it just means so, it's so special to me. What she was saying as she was describing how you moved, and we've mm-hmm. talked a bit about some of those business practices today. Um, yes. I said, you know, that's leadership. And I, I want to talk to this woman. I really, <laughs> really, I do. Because I would love for you to provide us. And, you know, I know that, you know, it can feel a little bit like put on the spot, but, you know, mm-hmm. What is your leadership philosophy and style? How would you describe that? Because I'm seeing that impact and the hugeness of of your investment in so many ways. And there are just ways that you're moving is the way that I keep thinking about it that are just so powerful and impactful. And one of the main things of this particular podcast is to widen and expand the canon of what we say is leadership and what is good leadership Mm -hmm. through the lens of how Black women lead. And there are ways that you're moving that I think we want to highlight and elevate. Yes, I think first and foremost, it's it's honesty and mm-hmm. being genuine, right? Okay. It, everything for me has to come from a place of, because again, going back to high school, mm-hmm. if I wasn't into it, I wasn't doing it, right? Like <laughs> We have to respect children when they tell us. It's like, why do we keep pushing? Exactly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, everything has to have a genuine heart, um, behind it right yeah, and yeah. and so that's how I really kind of decide to make okay. certain moves or not but I think for me it's it's always just wanting to solve a problem mm. um and I think you know the lack of wellness options fitness options specifically in our neighborhood was a problem that I wanted yeah. to solve right 
um, you know, come COVID, right? Yeah, How are people yeah. going to move? I need to figure out another way outdoor, right? Mm-hmm, outdoor mm-hmm. became became the new studio, right? Yeah. And now that's that's stuck. People are just like because people still want to be outside. It's kind of people nice. still want to be outside. You have one, it's nice, right? So you'll have people that are just like, I want to be outside because it's it nice. Good, yeah. Um, but then also you have people that are still COVID is still real and getting worse and monkeypox and monkeypox, right? So yeah. it's just like. Let's Keep be out here. I don't have to worry about Let's it. I feel good about it. Exactly. That's right. That's but right. I can still move, right? Yeah. yeah. So and be so, in community. You know, and the community. Still mm-hmm. be in community. Mm-hmm. And then have people, it's even it's a bigger window, right? So now the community sees what's whoa, there's all these people exactly. moving in the park. Exactly. So we had over a hundred and fifty folks over three months, like the first three months in um when we started outdoor um mm-hmm. during the first kind of like COVID lockdown time. We had over 150 new new people mm-hmm. join the fitted because yeah. we were outdoor, yeah, right? Absolutely. They saw us there, right? I'm just thinking about what it means to reclaim community space in that way, because when everyone can see more people out doing something that's pro-social and proactive, and can, even if they're not yeah. in thought, it feels yeah. safer. It feels engaging. Yeah. It's There's a lot of beautiful things that happen inside of that. Yes, absolutely. And even speaking specifically to to where we do our the mm-hmm. workouts for a long time there's nothing really going on in there mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like it was very underutilized you know because it's just concrete it's not like mm-hmm. it's you know mm-hmm. grass mm-hmm. or anything that so some people like ride their bikes around or whatever yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know there's nothing really going on in this so we got from that block of McDonough the amount of women from that block that have walked by and said just thank you for like older folks that like own yeah. the homes Thank you for actually using exactly this space. because it could you become know? something else if not used. That's the other part that we talk about. And Bedsty is yes. called Bedsty Do or Die for a reason. A reason, okay, exactly. Yeah, exactly. so that pro-social activity really does create a different energy in that energy. space. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And so going back to the leadership, it's like you know solving those problems. Then you know we're not just focusing on mm. just the movement aspect, but I'm, mm. for me, I'm just like, I just want to get black women well yes. overall. Right. Definitely. So now we've moved on into the supplement space. Mm. Right. And seeing what's the issue, mm. not necessarily the issue in the supplement space, but in the wellness space, people aren't focusing on the issues that black women really mm-hmm. have to deal with at higher rates. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, how can not being a medical doctor, not being a scientist, right? How can I help in that in in that? Yeah, sense, because right? you're like that and street so, level, would you call it the farm team in a way you're yeah, like exactly. that for the medical establishment for with the medical black... establishment. Yeah. I'm yeah. on the ground level, right? Ground I'm, level. I'm doing the groundwork. Mm-hmm. So how can I jump in and make sure that how can I tackle that? How can I help with these issues that we might be dealing with? And so supplements um, okay. was the way for us to venture into that and mm. say, how, what, what are, you know, cause digest, what are the issues that are, that we hear about a lot in the community? Because now we have all these women, this is our focus group, mm-hmm. our big old focus group of all these women, mainly mm-hmm. black women, right? What are issues that they're having? What are they saying? With, right. What are the issues? So digestion and, yeah. and blow and, and yeah. metabolism, like those yeah. are, were, were the main things that mm-hmm. I would hear, right. Of just feeling like, I feel so heavy. I feel so mm-hmm. like weighted down. My digestion is off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
stress is a is a big reason for for mm. for uh, your digestion being disrupted right okay. and black women have to deal with stress at a, at a much higher rate right mm, and we yeah. deal with it for, at a, uh, from a, almost a, like a, a trauma mm-hmm. right level it's right chronic. yeah so it's right and so what's the when your cortisol is high what's happening in your body physically That's to right. cause that disruption in your digestion, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. In our neighborhoods, right? We have to deal with bad gut bacteria more than other neighborhoods, like just in our waters, right? And so those are things, yeah. So um, mm-hmm. helico- helicobacter, helicobacter pylori um, is a- You is a, say it's, but it's binomial <laughs> nomenclature up on this podcast. Right. I got you, like in seventh grade biology. We, 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 I know. It has two names, well, it's a genus and a species. <laughs> research for this stuff you know so it's it's like it but it's really fascinating like this stuff fascinates me and it's so interesting because I was so over science and biology and stuff when yeah, I was but now here school. you are but now here I am hey hey Brooklyn Tech Crafted. exactly <laughs> <laughs> so so uh H. pylori which is kind of what they shortened it to um it's much higher in um lower income communities mm. right and so you'll find it at higher rates in black and brown folks, right? And so, yes. Mm. And so when that gets into our system, that heavily disrupts our uh, digestion. Don't even, and we sometimes are saying, well, something, maybe I ate something, maybe I, and it's like, you didn't do anything. You are in a yeah. polluted area. Environmental exactly. racism is the reason why exactly. you are having a hard time with your Having body these right issues. Now. Yeah, it's 100%. Right. 100%. So, and, and that leads to things like ulcers, which we deal yeah. with at higher rates, right? Because of stress um, and that. Because yeah. of stress and because of the bad bacteria, yeah. right? So mm. all of these things. So so for me, I'm like, okay, how can we, I'm not just trying to stop you from being gassy. I'm trying to tackle the causes. Root of, causes. Radical. The root causes mm. of mm-hmm. these issues, mm-hmm. right? And so our first supplement is a is is an attempt to deal with that, which we are uh, having a ton of success with um even on amazon yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so i'll send you the link after but even on amazon we had a review from someone read like have no idea who this person is they said that they had a surgery a major surgery because surgeries are stressors right yeah they are and so this product it has glutamine in it which Mm -hmm. helps with repairing when you have high levels of stress it can really deteriorate your um, intestines and because it's kind of fighting against the glutamine, so glutamine helps with restoring your intestinal lining. Okay. And so um, after major surgeries and even in um, AIDS patients, they mm-hmm. would uh, just prescribe a glutamine, glutamine. supplement mm-hmm. to help with that uh, restoration. And so this person said that they had surgery and their doctor prescribed, prescribed them some um, some prescription, some medical prescription. And they said that didn't work. They were having all this backup and that just didn't work. Mm-hmm. She said, that, or she or he, I'm not sure who it is, they tried this and it was a miracle for them. Like they found, they like, I found this on Amazon and it works wonders and it works exactly like how it says, I only need to take it when I'm having that issue. And it just, it just helps me so much. Right. So it's like, wow. you know, there's like, why am I the first to really think about this and, and, and understand that aren't right, Cause that's the other thing that we talk about, you know, as we talked about on the blog, just learning more about our bodies, mm-hmm. like the, 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 um, you know, all these probiotics that they have out there, our gut bacteria is different. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, they, mm-hmm. and they said, um, 
ethnicity is a main is the main differentiator as to why we have different gut bacteria. So certain yeah. probiotics might not just even not going to work, work for, for you. And yeah, those are expensive. They're so to expensive. be purchasing something that doesn't work for you. Yeah. Wow. So okay. Obama back in, I want to say 2016, he started the uh, Precision Health Initiative mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they know this. Like the government knows this, right? So mm-hmm. the Precision Health Initiative was mainly focusing on cancers. That mm-hmm. was that their immediate goal, but they want to, in the long term, mm-hmm. tackle these types of issues, Which right? you know, these have the specificity based on different communities and the city. Exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. So, so that's having that's, precision in that way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And so nice. they understand it, but that information is not really promoted out there. Like mm-hmm. you can go on the website, they made a website for it and everything, and they're well, still doing work in it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know, you like, know, and, and it just speaks to the racism in our society that they couldn't say that it was going to work to dis, to diminish health disparities. According exactly. to race and ethnicity and class, they had to say it's precision just to be more targeted so that that wouldn't just offend be, yeah. anybody. That wouldn't offend people because I know, even, but it still did. It still did. Uh, of and course it did. So quiet, right? Yeah, it yeah. Like, They're like, no, we're just going to put the money they, and go do it. And exactly. Go do they it. put a pause on it. Um, but now uh, the Biden administration is bringing it back. And I've actually, mm-hmm. uh, we, I am a stakeholder in those oh, conversations. So they're trying right. to bring back kind of more of a focus. I think it's a little precision health initiative is still going um, mm-hmm. kind of under the table, but they are trying to focus on bettering nutrition and health access to different communities. I, I, and you so know. there's work being done there. Yeah, I have to, you know, record the intro. Be, you know, so now I have to add White House <laughs> stakeholder, <laughs> on the stakeholder. <laughs> and you know, I am. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I'll, send, I'll send you the website for that. So you can, I like, totally want to see that. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, in your work. And in the ways that I am seeing your leadership, there's this relationship between health, embodiment, strength, and leadership. Do you see that relationship in your work and in the ways that you think about being a leader in this space? And if so, can you share with us a little bit about that? You mean kind of like um, essentially what I what I do uh, very kind of uh, specifically, but also how does that translate, like the strength? focus. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. Just, Go ahead. Uh-huh. Um, yes. And these, when I look at you, when I talk to you, when I hear people mm-hmm. talking about you, um, yeah. and when I think about your work, there's this interplay between health being fully in, 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 in your body mm-hmm. and owning your, your, your body at strength, yeah. you know, um, and what it means and leadership, what it means and to yeah. take hold. And I see you doing it yeah. in you, but I also see you doing it with other people that something in them yeah. is getting cultivated. You talked about how yeah. Michelle Obama's quote, and that really struck a chord yeah. for me. So, yes, absolutely. So like, yeah, this is kind of branching off of her, her mm-hmm. quote, like, you know, imagine if we are able to keep ourselves healthy mm-hmm. and moving, we're able to then be able to, help we 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 have the capacity that's right to be able to help others right, right. do do that for them so so, so my mm-hmm. goal my what i'm making room for is mm-hmm. to be able to help others do that right mm-hmm. um but you know it could be even if that wasn't a focus of mine right if, if my focus was still in marketing let's say marketing mm-hmm. video games 
if I'm dealing with all of these issues, I'm going to put so much attention on these issues and trying to kind of figure out what's going on with myself mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. just not having the energy or class or whatever it is to be able to do the job that I need to do. Right. Mm. And so being healthy, both physically and mentally, you know, is, is, it's not just about a look. Right. It's mm. just not about it's not about just being able to like go on vacation, right. but it's about actually <laughs> being able to 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 achieve things and yeah. accomplish things and be able to show up for other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If I, you can't, from a mental perspective, you can't mm-hmm. pour from an empty cup. Right. And so I need to be, I need to fill this cup up, you know, to be able to offer anybody a little glass or something, you know okay. what I mean? So I, I need, get, I need I it that. to be, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so I think, mm-hmm. you know, just being healthy, being strong, it's, but I do also think that they, because it clients tell me this all the time, and I honestly don't know what the psychological effect is, mm. but they'll tell me, man, like just doing those deadlifts and doing those swings, I felt confident like going into that meeting. And I got that too, right? Mm-hmm. Where you feel like it might be a weight is lifted when you mm-hmm. move and when you kind of do these things and it mm-hmm. just helps you feel like, or you tackled this, this goal in class. So you're able mm-hmm. to go into your work life and it's tackle those goals. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it feeds off one right. another. So the same way that Michelle Obama said, you know, being healthy yeah. physically and, 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 you know, in one part of your life extends yeah. to the other pieces is because, you know, you can. It's like, oh, you I can. did this hard yeah. thing here. I, I probably can do that hard thing over there. I, I thought I couldn't do it. But right? I did. But I did it. And there is and it. And so now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The I did it is is the juice. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It can, like you it's said, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. of us came up, you know, knowing like, if you don't know what you're doing, get out of the kitchen, right? Like that's kind of- That's that generation X stuff. So, you know, and and baby boomer stuff. I own it. Yeah, We've been saying stuff that don't work. (laughs) That don't work, you know? And and it passes down. And so we have to break those those Mm -hmm. thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Break Mm -hmm. that, break that cycle and Mm -hmm. and kind of show what is possible, right? And not be afraid to take chances, not Mm -hmm. be afraid to fail sometimes, right? Right. Not being afraid to maybe do that one thing that you thought you 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 were able to do because it's all learning. I forget who said it, um, hmm. but you know, I want. They said, you know, there's. I think it was Nelson Mandela actually. Okay. They said okay. there's no losing. There's winning and there's learning, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, any, everything is a learning opportunity. If we take it that way, if we take of it feeding for that. our, if we take it for that, I think so many of us as black women, I think there's losing and then there's staying under the radar. Like there's, I never mean, the stakes are so high for us all the time because the expectations are so low for what our greatness could achieve. So exactly. it's really, really hard. All right. Yeah. So two more questions. I'm gonna let you go. Yes. All okay. right. So one of the things advice you would give to your younger self, little iffy striking out and even young women who are sort of grappling with so many things, starting a business, making it work for you. I mean, you have so many gems in terms of your life story that I think are so instructive. You know, if you were to black women, girls early in their career, trying to figure it out, what would you say to them? I would say, you know, probably like, don't be afraid to fail because in those Mm. moments where you, you learn the most, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think in so many of us, we we figure out how to do that navigation, kind of like out of those lows, 
is where we start to build our strength. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something I say in a class is there's no change without challenge. Mm-hmm. If everything is there for you, just cha, like, cha, cha. listen, then you just, you're not going to know. <laughs> you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, there's nothing to it. You know, and yeah, you have for, to, for you have life. to, yes. And you when have you to have up, obstacles. You have to have you obstacles. You have to have obstacles because then how do you know Mm-hmm. what the real world might be like, right? That's if right. you don't have those obstacles, right? That's correct. And there's no growth without that, That's right? Correct. You're just going to coast, right? Mm. And so I tell them, like, see these challenges as opportunities to learn, mm. to grow. And I would say the other thing is to kind of stick to your beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, be true to who you are. Mm. Um because going back to these these pitch competitions and these these VC conversations I've had, mm-hmm. they are there to say, well, why don't you do this? And you should mm-hmm. do that. And I don't mm-hmm. see how that can work, right? Mm-hmm. But I've been able to find so much success sticking right. to my guns, sticking mm-hmm. to my mission and to my goals, mm-hmm. right? And this is success for me, right? Mm-hmm. For a long time, I couldn't figure out People would ask me, when when do you feel like you've done it? You're successful. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just, an, I'm not a content person. I'm just like, there's always another thing I need to fix and I need to work mm-hmm. on and I need to achieve. There's another goal. There's something. Mm-hmm. But I've started, I, like I, I know from, if I've helped one person, mm-hmm. then that's success. Mm. And the Finn has helped so many people. So you're successful. Point. So I'm successful already. That doesn't that mean that I can't keep mm-hmm. going. Right. Mm-hmm. But I need to give myself my flowers. You do as well. You, you know? absolutely do. I mean, <laughs> it just goes back. You're so consistent with that. You know, it's how I know yeah. that it's not just, you know, stuff you're saying to be perceived in a certain way, but people really are how, you know, the impact on people is really how, you know, that you're doing the right things. Exactly. So the last question, and you've already told uh-huh. us about the supplement. So we are going to put, yes. you know, links and all the things in the show notes and make sure that people know everything when, when, when we do uh, publish this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you up to? I know. So we know that there are these mm-hmm. supplements. Are there more yes. beyond the digestion one? Are there other things going on? Like, just let us know yes. what you should be looking out for with you. Yes. So we have the um, current digestive supplement mm-hmm. um, and we've, we're going to launch, we've already been talking about it now, but starting mm-hmm. in the first week of August, we'll officially launch our second supplement, which is a protein supplement. Oh, um, it has protein, <laughs> it has collagen and ashwagandha. So it's not even just protein. It just happens to be that you get protein mm-hmm. from it, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, as I mentioned earlier, like protein is a, a big thing that um, we should consider, especially once you hit 35 and over again. It's just like, you're in a new body now. Once mm-hmm. that 35 hits or, or anything, once you're pregnant, you know, anything, once you hysterectomy, anything, you have to be concerned with your bone health density, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. muscle, muscle loss. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we need to make sure that we understand how protein plays a role. Okay. And so our protein supplement um, has collagen in it, which is good for our joints, right? Mm-hmm. Good for joint health, good for skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has ashwagandha in it because when we work out, Again, we talked about exactly <laughs> for black women, higher levels of stress, higher yeah. levels of cortisol, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When we work out, our, it, it, our body actually thinks we're running from a bear. It's just like something's happening. And so it increases our cortisol even more, mm-hmm. right? Which can be counterproductive to our goals, yes. right? We're working out yes. to be healthy, but we're increasing our cortisol, oh. which isn't a good thing. And so ashwagandha is a cortisol manager. 
right? Mm -hmm. And stress manager. Mm -hmm. And so it helps with that balance. Even though you're increasing your cortisol during the workout, Mm -hmm. the ashwagandha is going to help with managing those cortisol levels, right? And so these are the things that people need to think about. And ashwagandha not just does that, but it also helps with getting over the plateaus probably because of the cortisol, but Mm -hmm. it helps with getting over fitness plateaus. And Mm -hmm. so it's been Mm -hmm. shown to help with changing your body composition. And we get stuck all the time. We feel like, oh, I'm doing all this stuff and my body composition is changing. This will help, you know, get you over that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So powerful because even with the supplements, you're centering the Black woman's embodied experience and how- It's thinking of them first and everybody can benefit. Oh, absolutely. But the combinations of what's included in the supplement is powerful. It actually means a more economic approach for her. Right. Because she doesn't have to get Mm -hmm. ashwagandha separate with this separate supplements. Exactly. It's all in one. It's all in one. And and it also offers that opportunity to provide that education on why we need Mm. collagen, why we need protein and why we need to manage. I cannot wait to share. I I can't wait to try them and I can't wait to (laughs) share them. Anything else you want to share with us before we go? Um. I, I am a Lululemon ambassador. I still will be by the time this airs. So I'm a Lululemon ambassador now. And so what that means is because I spent a very long time. You said Lululemon? Lululemon. Okay. Um, okay. So the wellness the of brown, fitness. Right. Uh-huh. And I spent a long time not accepting partnerships from brands and things because I want to feel true to my community. I don't want to mm-hmm. um, do anything that comes with you know, you give me a check and I talk about you. to start doing your thing that we exactly. said we were going to do. Yeah, we, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they came in understanding our mission and that's mm-hmm. why they approached me about it. Okay. They knew the work that we were doing and they were impressed by the work and they wanted to um, join us in that work. Okay. And so what this means is that just bringing more opportunities and access to Bedside, right? Okay. That. Lululemon is going to back and help support, right? Mm-hmm. Just it, it just adds another level of access that mm-hmm. hasn't been there before. Yeah. Um, so that's a really exciting thing um, for me. I'm glad to see where this goes. It literally all happened this week. Um, oh. So my hope, <laughs> my hope is that um, it's a it's a beautiful partnership, um, uh-huh. and it just provides more for for this community. Oh my God. I'm so excited about that. Just really taking me back to that, you know, venture capital conversation and how now folks are reaching out to you and forming partnerships that make sense for you. Um, Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense for us and what my mission and my goal. That's right. Look at you saying it's not just me, it's us. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for being in this conversation with me. This was so great. Yes. Thank you.